Hello and welcome to the industry and esports insider podcast where I speak to people and personalities within the esports sector. I'm your host, Tom Daniels, and today we'll be talking about all things collegiate esports in the US. However, me being from the UK, I'm no expert, so I've enlisted two people for this podcast to help guide me through this collegiate esports journey. So we'll be joined by Craig Skilling, the esports program coordinator at American Public University Systems, as well as Emily Briscoe, who's, cur- who's currently sorry, a student at APUS. In particular, we'll provide an overview of the esports collegiate ecosystem from an educational standpoint particularly, and why universities are going all in on esports and also on esports degrees. Before we jump into the podcast, this episode is brought to you by Ross Videos' Esports Solutions. Connect with your gaming community on a deeper level with powerful and easy-to-use broadcast technology tools. So to learn more about Ross Videos' esports solutions, visit rossvideo.com slash esports. So let's get into the episode. Emily, Craig, you know, how are you both? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's very hot where I am. It's noon. So being inside is wonderful. Uh, doing great today. I'm happy to be here and give you guys some perspective on, like you said, the American side of esports. And, and Craig, yourself? Oh, I'm excited to be here with you, Tom, again. Um, not a stranger to ESI. Love the relationship that we have with the institution and really excited that we could have one of our students and Emily here to join us. So all is well on my end. Yeah, so uh, as you both kind of mentioned, we're going to be talking about collegiate esports. Uh, it's something that um, is, is something that we have talked about a little bit. We've always talked about it from the UK perspective, you know, given that we are based in the UK. But, you know, it's it's massive right now in in the US scene, and obviously Emily, you are a student. Craig, you are the esports uh, program coordinator for the esports club for American Public University System. Um, with you, Craig, first, I actually want to jump straight into that a little bit because I think some of our audiences might just see collegiate esports and think that it is very similar to the UK. But for those who are kind of unaware, could you kind of explain? how the collegiate esports system works in the US from an infrastructure perspective. Not really the scholarship side of thing, but more from an educational standpoint. No, definitely, Tom. Well, on our end, you know, we we jump to entry late in terms of on higher education academia. Uh, but athletics, similar to yourself in the UK, Europe and abroad, um, we're thriving, right? We have the gaming scene. Uh, it's a community that's built up. Uh, right from within. And then we kind of approach it from the side of, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm in high school. I'm in middle school. I'm in college. And you find like-minded individuals that really bring the community uh, to themselves. And that really forced our hand within higher education, middle school, the public school system, the school system all together to say, hey, we need to look at this. There, This is something that we need to look at beyond it just being gaming, right? There was a lot more to it. And in that happening, our scene has definitely changed uh, throughout. So present day, um, according to NACE, we have over 150 uh, athletic programs as it relates to esports. And then some of those athletic programs also incorporate some level of academia to it, uh, whether it be club-based and or athletic-based, et cetera, et cetera, and or courses, curriculum, uh, really going along those lines. So uh, Tom, the way to look at it and in, in really to sum it up is sports management 20 years ago, uh, the way that was perceived, uh, really, could you allow your child to be able to go ahead and get a degree in sports management back then just because they played sports, right? 
Well, that's where we are with esports, and and the question is, yes, it can be a full academic discipline. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've seen change. Yeah, like you said, America, from what I at least perceived anyway, was very much a uh, with the scholarship system and with more the professional kind of aspects of um you know getting esports players who can have like scholarships then go into other degrees but now yeah it is very much taking that more educational standpoint where it's actually like what's further than just playing emily from from your perspective being a student at american public university systems apus um how how did you find kind of looking for a course like this was it difficult uh, to try and find a course specifically tailored towards esports on a more educational standpoint so kind of shockingly it's it's hard and it's not hard because a lot of universities at least in america are beginning to realize that there is a competitive scene for esports and e-gaming and APUS being virtual, having like the esports club and having a community founded with like long distance learning made it really easy to find the esports program. So I haven't had difficulty in that aspect. And then when you look at much larger universities who always have a wide variety of scholarships um, and like different classes in academia, you see every now and again, it might not be like e-gaming. It might be more like esports management, esports journalism. But you can see that academia is slowly kind of realizing all the opportunities and this growing market where people have the chance to get a degree and then succeed. So it's a really cool opportunity right now because it is that like new growth that you see everywhere. And, and why do you think, and this is to both of you, why do you think we are seeing that right now? Is it because like, you know, esports is the, the, the kind of the next big thing or at least the rising thing in terms of what a lot of, of our generation, you know, my generation especially are consuming right now to go into more of an educational standpoint? Or, or, or is there something even more to that? Is there something a little bit deeper in actually... Um, this has always kind of been popular, but now it's just started to be on an educational standpoint. So, Tom, I'll jump in and, and you know, we're on the higher education standpoint, uh, we're not just looking at this as esports, right? This is really the digital shift that's been taking place in front of our eyes. Uh, this has been going on for some time and esports falls along that same level. And the curriculum that's being written really can apply to anything. It's very interdisciplinary. So what we're doing is really just connecting the dots to be able to identify that. And then like I kind of said before, with sports management, we're seeing it more and more competitive. We're seeing the opportunity grow there. And then we're seeing the need to be able to train professionals. Why is it that, um, you know, a mom and pop store can go ahead and have somebody produce an event and they're not fully trained and then tragedy happens and takes place. We've seen that in various tournaments. That comes from professional training. So the same way, why is it that uh, representation, we need to see more about that in terms of diversity, inclusion, as it relates to, I love seeing uh, Nicole from Evil Geniuses uh, taking on that CEO role and what she's doing over there, you know, breaking down the glass ceiling. So there is so much for us to still learn Hence the need to be able to train. And then even those that, like Emily herself, she's she's played and competed competitively, um, you know, can definitely touch on that side of the scene. There is still more. How can I do that? How do I operate uh, a budget? Can I set, set up my own team? We're seeing more and more land centers opening up. Uh, we can train individuals to be able to do that and really look at it from an entrepreneurial aspect. So the ecosystem is very vast and there's so many facets for us to tackle. 
Yeah, I um I couldn't agree more with Craig. I think the reason why we're seeing more esports emerging in college and kind of like in the general discussion about sports and competitions is because there's there's more training and more people want that training, right? People see that like, oh hey, you can just go out and set up your own competition. I want to do that. You can do it from your own bedroom, um, which is how a lot of like. Uh, Twitch streamers, like a lot of professional esports gamers, how they get found is they start this grassroots movement. And now that it's gotten slowly more popular, people are trying to make it more accessible. And to make it more accessible, you have to have that education aspect. You have to build up these like brand new lines of management, these more kind of like emerging programs. You have to have coaches more than you have to have players. You have to have people who understand like all the financing, the planning, how to communicate with people. And what's unique about esports is, I'm sure you know, Tom, working on different time zones, people from across the sea, knowing uh, how to keep a good, stable internet connection and deal with stuff that you won't think about on a day-to-day basis, but competitively, like your uptime, your clicks, are you going to have a LAN? Can you have a LAN if someone on your team is from Korea? Because the foreign sphere is so um, incredibly competitive and is, it you know, sadly, way better than the American and kind of European side of esports. But making sure that you have that uh, education on how to handle tough situations like that. That is why I think we're seeing more and more of it is people are really interested in esports. People have seen it and people are trying to break into the industry. And the way that you can accomplish that now is with the help of colleges. Yeah. I think both of you raised actually really good points that I never even thought of in the sense of that, you know, Esports was a very startup business essentially to begin with, like you were saying. But now as it's got more professional, it's become more professionalized. Like there's very few now, which is, you know, they were a mid laner for a League of Legends team and then suddenly became an esports owner and then suddenly became the boss and the CEO and ran everything. And then you got the the support who's now the event manager there. A lot of it now is like these people now need to have the have the knowledge of it. And through that is through education. It's one of the easiest ways to that. And I guess with you know universities also recognizing that there is a need for that and you know universities also want to bring people into their universities so by providing a opportunity to give them give students what they want and give them skills you know works both ways as well uh emily with the with the the more competitive uh aspect of kind of like collegiate esports like um how how in tune are you with like the collegiate esports scene from a competitive aspect and how have you seen that grow? So I originally got my bachelor's degree. I graduated three years ago and now I'm kind of in this master's program with APUS. So I've kind of watched it from, gosh, it's seven years ago, right? Coming into college as a freshman and now I'm on like kind of this weird master's degree program. I've seen then build the internet cafes. I've seen the clubs like immediately start. Um, and then I, I think we mentioned like um, NACL, uh, there's the eSports Collegiate now. And it's so odd because things suddenly pop up and it's because the students want it, right? The administration isn't pointing or pushing at eSports for something to like grow into. It's because students say, hey, this is a great opportunity for us. Um, it lets us work from home. You can get really great rewards from it. And a lot of students have now started in colleges hosting their own tournaments. And the the winning pot is like the entry fee. It'll be like $25 to enter, but you'll get like a thousand people across the university. It's huge. 
and it is odd to see like an entire school build one esports cafe. So you can have like a good five people on one side, five people on the other, and then just have tournaments like come in and out all the time. And it's because the students want it. And now the faculty are sitting up and realizing, hey, this is popular. This is profitable. It's something that does take a lot of effort. No one really looks at how hard it is to get a good commentary track. No one really looks at how difficult it is to maintain uptime. No one really understands the big management portion that goes into it. So seeing students come together first and then graduate like I have and become an alumni go back and say, hey, this is what worked. And the new students are coming in and saying, this works even better, which I think is great. So like to kind of sum it up from the competitive aspect, just seeing how it went from absolutely nothing. It went from someone seeing um, mainly like Japan, Korea, China, seeing those games and saying, hey, I want to do that. We brought it here and then we're kind of slowly building it up. And now competitions are hosted like on the on on like the NACL, you have competitions in, you know, APUS, we're trying to get like ours rolling, you can reach out to other colleges for great scrimmages. And if you go and look for these things now, you'll find them. So it's, it's super cool. And I have been pushed out of the player base competitive because people are so much better than I am now, like these kids who are coming in, it's unfair. So you, I, I know like eventually if we give, give these people the tools, right, if we do give them coaches, if we do give them, hello, um, that's my cat, uh, if we do give them like the actual ability to improve on their skills, to even push out like alumni graduates, people who have already competed, then eventually we can get to a national and international stage on this which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, definitely. I I think I think you you nail on the head really. And I think the way that the the way that more people graduate, I think with that mindset and you see more alumni come in, that the the stronger that kind of community is going to grow and and it's only going to happen with time. And I hate kind of things which is like, oh, it just takes time because it takes a lot more than just time. It takes, you know, effort and, you know, and kind of a commitment from everybody involved, but like uh someone from Esports Inside, I'm not going to name them, but they um, even in the UK, they're doing an, an alumni Rocket League tournament. So it's all, you know, so it's, he was a, a collegiate, you know, in university, he was doing Rocket League. And now he's gone and got his team back together for an alumni tournament alongside other kind of students. And that in itself wouldn't even be thought of from a competitive standpoint, from a collegiate standpoint, five years ago, not even three years ago, I think. It's it's kind of crazy to see how that grows. And Kind of, Craig, to go on to you a little bit with American Public University Systems, um, it's not always about the esports degrees and the esports programs as well. Obviously, you've got the esports club, which is one of like your many initiatives to like grow the popularity of competitive gaming. Um, could you detail a little bit about what the esports club, ed- club is and how it kind of differentiates sorry, from you know, a, more degrees and the esports program itself? Yeah, Tom, I think Emily did a great job just right now articulating a lot of the background and what's going on within uh, APUS on the side of our club and just colleges and the community as a, as a whole. But specifically as it relates to the APUS club, uh, you know, Emily Emily touched on that as well. She, you hit the nail on the head in terms of what they're doing. Emily is actually one of the officers. And really, that's a, that's been the grassroots approach to bring the community together the students got together on their own and they forced the hand. We didn't have the academic uh, discipline 
until the club really started. So the club was first, and then we saw the level of interest, and and then I came about in terms of uh, consulting and writing curriculum for the university before taking on the role that I'm in now, and hence now we have a formidable program that's recognizable, and some of the advantages are that it's a fully online institution. And, you know, Emily on her own, uh, after she finishes up her master's program with her background and her experience, uh, she could go ahead and be one of our adjunct teachers within that. She's probably hearing this for the first time, <laughs> but I'm putting it out there for her, right, because she's part of that scene and can really see it. And uh, she also brought up a great point on the need for more coaches, right? These are those trained professionals that if she doesn't want to do it at the collegiate level, it's needed within the middle school and high school uh, all throughout the country over here in the States uh, because we are building it. We are recognizing that discipline, but we need more trained professionals to be able to go ahead and, you know, teach that next generation. So we're doing a great job on our side of having it be very grassroots. And then leading into the curriculum side, we have to understand, well, what are we good at? We're not going to do everything right, but we have an esports management degree. Uh, we have two tracks, whether it's the management track or the coaching track, and the students can pick which one they want to go through, and they conclude and culminate their program with an actual practicum externship experience where they get the opportunity to work with, uh, whether it's a team or an entrepreneurial endeavor that they'd like to pursue, you know, over the course of eight to 16 weeks. So very comprehensive at their own pace. They go ahead and, uh, you know, they have their instructors, their courses, but it's fully online. So, you know, that is an advantage in itself. We still do have uh, several individuals from all over the world. They're not just here in the States. I know I have some students in the program that are right there uh, in your neck of the woods, and, and they're going to be attending ESI in London coming up in a couple of months. So um, it's a very advantageous for us to be able to have this fully online immersive program. It's uh, it's funny when you actually mention even like online degrees and stuff like that. And it's uh, that in itself is something that is still relatively new and and maybe heightened. I think a lot of it due to you know the pandemic, where it kind of everything kind of shifted online and stuff. But it's like it it really shows how education is also developing. Um, it's not just kind of going into esports. It's actually developing with the times in itself. You know, you look at even. Uh, right, I work from home, for example, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it is remote, you know, you look at online degrees and, and, and everything like that. And it's really interesting to see how it's even when, even though I'm in this esports bubble, you actually look outside and a lot of things are going in a very similar direction to what we're seeing from a gaming generation and an, an esports and an online generation. Um, I guess it kind of goes on to the question that I wanted to say, but before that, just remember, Emily, this is recorded. So Craig did say about the job opportunity, you know, so you can, you, you know, you've got that now. You can clip that one. It's all good. But um, I'll I think... remember, I'll take him up on it. <laughs> but um, I think the main thing that I wanted to kind of mention then is, is it getting to the point where it is crucial for esports in some sense to be integrated into universities, whether that be through clubs, whether it be through um, scholarships, whether that be through degrees, like does does a university now kind of need to have it, or is it is it still a little bit too niche for every university to kind of go that route? So I guess I'll start off because I have I have an odd take on this, right? Having seen them make the the cafe labs, having gone to the parties, um, the land parties, uh, drink responsibly, everybody, um, and like you know, watched people make their own teams, and like like Craig says, I am the one of the officers in like the APUS one. 
And I think what is odd about the esports degree right now and its interaction with academia is I think it is still too niche. I understand the need for it, right? Sitting in this chair, knowing like I do Twitch streaming, um, I do like coaching for elementary school students is how far reaching it is. But I don't think every college has to like hitch themselves to this cart just yet. I, I think what it can be is colleges will offer like uh, more funding for clubs. Maybe they'll help, right? Give them, give them, give the students kind of managerial guidance on how to set up tournaments and let them model off of stuff. But I'm not sure if every college needs an esports degree. I don't know if everyone needs an opportunity like that because there are opportunities like APUS, right? There's great online colleges. Um, it, you don't have to go in person to classes. And a lot of esports involves being very technology and digitally connected, right? So I think it's in this weird space where once there is a larger national stage for esports, um, because even though we have like NACL, we also have just the NAC and then there's the Esports Collegiate. There's so many different organizations right now. It's hard to like parse out which one will be the national competitor, right? Um, but if I say like, hey, the Big Ten, like, you know, I'm talking about the Big Ten college sports, or at least in America. Generally, the Big Ten is like huge sports and they set up all the tournaments. They have their official rules. But since there's so many little organizations right now, and some of them are based like just in the East Coast, where the e-gaming is huge, right where I am in Mississippi, there's not too many in the South. But you go back over to California, and then it's, it's enormous again, right? That's where all the big conventions happen. So it is, I think it is important, but I think the accessibility of online degrees kind of makes it so colleges right now won't be missing out on it. But as soon as there's like that, that very clear kind of this is the national stage, right? This is the big tournament. This is where everybody goes to compete. And you have crazy prizes like half a million to a million dollars like you do in like overseas markets. Then everyone's going to have to like sit up and say, hey, we're serious now. Like we're going to respect this, give it the respect that it's due. And moving forward, every college will have like their own clear esports team. Tom, Emily did a great job there again, really going ahead and uh, really letting you know how things stand on our side. And I would agree that not everybody needs it. I'll preface, you know, we had a great conversation last year at ESI London with Warwick University. And I was speaking with some of the students over there and, and some of the faculty. And, and, it, and, and I'm sure you know this, Tom, just being in that particular market. Um, Esports is kind of shunned from the academia side of things, right? It's like they're not looking at it from that perspective. Here in the States, the way we look at it, there's, a, there's the, the trifecta, right? We have academics, we have competitive athletics, and then we have intramurals, recreational, right? However you want to look at it from that perspective. When we start to look at esports and we add it under this umbrella of innovation and technology and where we're going, when we talk about elementary and, and how gaming can really help in so many different levels for so many different types of people across the spectrum, across the board, no matter the age, then we realize the need for more education and training. Not everybody needs to actually get there. You have to understand what do you want to specialize in and what you want to do at a minimum, um, whether it's no, whether it's the public school system or the collegiate system that we're focusing on, everybody should at least 
afford the opportunity to the students to have a club, right? Some type of club, some type of community for them to be able to come together, gather. And then if it's not an online institution, right, they need to have the infrastructure in place to provide the equipment for the students to game. The biggest deterrent for some getting into competitive gaming is the affordability issue, not being able to have access to that $2,500 PC or not being able to build out your own PC or afford that new console and gaming system. So the school system can assist, right, and be able to provide that outlet. And then from there, I can go ahead and hone in on my talents, similar to, you know, athletics. If I'm not the best uh, football, soccer, baseball, hockey, whatever the sport is, but I have the equipment on, you know, accessible to me, I can train, I can practice, and then one day I'll try out for that team, that collegiate team. Well, we have to do the same for gaming. And then from there, certain schools can look at their disciplines and say, hey, we have a phenomenal uh, media program. We can touch on this. We're, we're doing great as it relates to player development. We're good on the business aspect, legal aspect, so on and so forth. Engineering, video game design, we can go on and on. And then once you realize you have that in place, then you can kind of build it out. Uh, but to tell everybody, hey, you need to have this. No, you need the right people in place to do that. And to support it. And uh, that's the challenge why everybody hasn't jumped on it as of yet, because they're looking to find individuals like you, like all of us on this call, who can be able to get in there and help them to really grow and build out a program from scratch. Yeah, I guess uh, to kind of add on to that as well, just from the from a UK perspective, I, I actually agree because I think the industry in itself is is very young still. It, it, I mean, I don't think it's as young as what a lot of people perceive. It's still it's still an oldish industry, but it's not compared to traditional sports or basically any other like educational and academic uh, study that is going on right now. Um, I I just think for me um, there isn't enough like esports professionals for every single like in terms of the industry esports experts to have a solid educational platform for every single university every single college um because i i think that most people are currently in the industry doing that right yeah i i think you're right a lot of people who are looking to do these things are already in the industry because it is still really grassroots it's like if you play online competitively are you an esports gamer right do you have to go to an actual tournament do you need to have highlights um but like like craig said um and i think you would agree it's just making sure that if there is that interest right i think schools and academia needs to fund it and it it isn't just like building the computers um, it's like having that space available and then letting there be a club, right? Making sure that people have that ability to meet each other. Because if you can't get a good team, you will lose in esports. Unless you're doing, you know, like a, I guess, Fortnite esports, you don't really need teams. Um, but un unless you're doing something really specific, you're going to have to know other people. You're going to have to have a really good gaming setup. You're going to have to have that stable internet. Like, I cannot stress that enough as someone who has lost to do to people having bad internet. And you also need, like, a support system. And sometimes for schools, that is just, like, giving you a club, giving you that budget. And I don't think it's too much to ask for that. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think you're you're 100% correct on that one. I think as well, uh, to add on to it a little bit to what Craig was saying, like in terms of like, sometimes universities are just, uh, they specialize in certain things. And so actually, sometimes it's actually realizing that they specialize in a certain 
kind of topic or a certain subject and then adding esports onto it. I guess one example that I could think of from a UK uh, perspective is there is a university in Nottingham, which has got um, a big reputation for production and for video production. And so they actually have now a esports production degree specifically for it not just because esports was the cool thing to kind of go on to but because they knew that there was a need for esports and they have a long lineage of having production degrees and having that media kind of knowledge already it's about combining them uh craig to kind of go on to a little bit more about the degrees themselves then with with apus uh what was the decision to launch a degree and, and were there any any hurdles or, or thoughts and considerations when it was thinking about doing an online degree? Yeah, Tom. So I wasn't in the very initial stage. I was brought on, on the, as one of those experts to be able to assist in, in growing in and building out and finishing up writing the courses. And at the time, I, I, I really believe we had such a successful club, like we had talked about earlier, and that really showed the interest and the need in it. And that was almost like the proof of concept. If we have, I mean, on the Discord channel, had over 600 members on it. And then they were active and they were competing and things were going on. We have uh, a sports management program with over a thousand students. And I mean, it was like the natural progression, but to have something stand on its own and really to see, well, how can we, you know, enter into this space, but, but really not to do it, just to do it, like we said. And we were able to look at management, the discipline of management, right, which business management as a whole, but specific to esports. And then the next leg was coaching. So those are the two areas. And I mean, as we continue to grow, uh, we'll, we'll really, what does the industry call for? If we need, we have courses, um, you know, in streaming. This is our first full year under our belt. So we're getting feedback from our stakeholders, which are the students. And from there, we're, we're saying, okay, this needs to be tweaked. We'll do this here. We'll do that there. Uh, but the hands-on grassroots approach that we've touched on a lot in our call today, you know, that's that's going to get them in, right? Because the industry, it's not all about what you know. It's who you know and then who knows you. So we need to provide and we continue to provide opportunities for our students to engage with industry. Um, higher level goals, Emily is a part of this, you know, within the club, for them to truly get an opportunity to compete. And once, once we start competing uh, against other schools, albeit scrimmages, uh, that gets us to the point where we can say, hey, we're doing pretty good here. Do we need to have an actual athletic program? And if that happens, um, that's going to be amazing because we will be the first athletic program for APUS as an online institution. So that's higher level goals, but at least you see where the progression came from. Yeah, it's all about kind of developing and things and kind of like you said, you know, as we've talked on on this uh on this podcast, finding what's right and not just finding something because you you need to do it. And I think that uh, from what I even saw just initially from um, a lot of esports degrees, I think when they initially came out, it very much for me felt like, oh, everyone's talking about you know competitive gaming. Okay, let's just do a an esports degree. And then the the main question I think that especially online is, well, what is it? You know, like what are you actually teaching these people? You know, it, it, the history of esports is it? You know about them play. I, I know that there was a big perception, especially from parents, of like, oh, are you? Are you getting a degree to just play the games? And it's kind of like that that knowledge and understanding, not just for the people who are taking the degrees, but for the people around them and, and you know, the, the parents and, and everybody like that to actually show them what this industry kind of does. And I think one thing for me, uh, Emily, and I do want you, your opinion on this as well, is the, 
the networking opportunities that you then do get through that. As, as Craig, you know, very rightly said, you know, it's not sometimes like what you know, it is who you know, and how important is it now to see this thriving community, whether it's through the, you know, the eSports, eSports club, the eSports program, or just through the, the rising popularity of collegiate eSports, how important is it to kind of gain that network? And, and would you recommend, how would you recommend other people who are in that same um, situation to kind of get out there and meet these people? I got you. So this is like, you're asking like a two-part question, right? Like kind of what opportunities have I have? How can other people get in here? Um, so a lot of the opportunities I have had, really you have to go after them yourself, right? The club has been so helpful and connecting me with other people because originally it was like, you have to go out and already find people, right? I have to know someone from online and then make a connection. It's really hard to find good people who play in real life, you know, IRL out there because you you don't know what a gamer looks like. In my opinion, right? In my head, everyone's a video gamer. Someone's touched a video game, but are you gonna be really competitive? That's the hard part. So the opportunities that I've found from like APUS and the club is connecting with people who are serious about gaming, who can make teams, right? People who are ready to go out there, be in Rocket League, be in COD, be in League of Legends. But also, like Craig said, this degree is very wide. So I know someone in the club who's looking to do that sports management, right? That's their degree. I know someone who's looking to do marketing for esports. That's their degree. I know some people who just want something broad and they think esports is a new emerging market. They'll get a communications degree because with communications, you can take that if esports doesn't work out into other things. And then, of course, you have opportunities with like journalism degrees and stuff. What the club has given me and what connecting with people in esports has given me is the ability to find all these people and bring them together, right? It's super important to make connections with people in clubs, um, in Discord servers. Maybe if you're just following someone online, like if you have a person who you play League with or Splatoon or Fortnite, go out, connect with them, make sure that you remember who they are and they know who you are and your interest because as this field develops, we're going to need more than just coaches, than just managers. We'll need stuff like video editors. We'll need people who will be able to handle hundreds of thousands of dollars if we're going to make like a really large platform for it. So I would say if people are looking for more opportunities, go to local game stores, go to online game stores, um, try to find esports clubs in your area or make those connections with your schools because it's a really critical part to the emerging market that you know everybody's strengths and use them to help build yourself up as well. And then, uh, Craig, from from your perspective, from you know the the degree and the educational standpoint, the structure of it, how how are how are APUS kind of using their degree to to make sure that you know one this degree continues to be successful and that when these alumni become alumni that they can then get jobs within the industry or adjacent industries it doesn't always have to be in the esports sector um but how are you how are you making sure that that you know everything is correct for these students while they're taking their degree whether that be you know you changing slight things in the in the degree or have you learned things along the way that you've thought actually we could have done this better or will do this better later on okay so 
sorry, you're like cutting in and out for me. Talk about internet connection. So kind of where do I think alumni can take their degrees? And then things that I've learned, you know, going through everything with esports. Um, so like I said, with esports and like Craig mentioned, you can go anywhere with an esports degree, right? It's very broad. It's like communications. Um, you could be a player, you could be a coach, you could be someone who advises people on video editing, you could be a manager for an entire team, right? And coaching goes beyond telling someone how to be better at the game. If I really wanted to be better at the game, I'd sit down and I would watch pros and listen to pro interviews, right? A coach helps you in more ways than just being better. And you can take an esports degree and kind of now go out and say, hey, I can do like esports journalism, right? Video game journalism is super huge to this, making sure people get their attention on it, like stuff like ESI does, making sure that people are able to hear about it, get the word out, and, you know, kind of have those e-gaming superstars. That's how we can get more respected as an industry, and that's how a lot of people can find their careers, is kind of parsing out which part of esports they like, because it's not just playing the games, and then moving forward there. Um, what I've kind of learned, like pitfalls around esports, the degree, and like how to navigate in it, is you don't want to hitch yourself to something too strongly, right? It's a sad fact of esports that some of it's kind of fads. I I absolutely love like very old esports tournaments. But nobody plays StarCraft anymore. That just doesn't happen, right? There are still StarCraft tournaments, but I don't go out. I don't see those. So you have to, if you're going to be a player, if you're going to be a coach um, or even a manager, you have to be very careful about where you stand and making sure that you stay up with current topics. Fortnite came out of nowhere, right? Dota is huge in China, but not a lot of people play it in America, um, right now people are kind of mad at Call of Duty and I don't know if that's going to turn over into the tournaments. Um, I guess people are mad about like the file sizes and then some like pay to win problems. There was Star Wars Battlefront, which was a terrible launch in my opinion, but has now become very kind of, you know, it's, it's a game people play competitively now. It is an esports game. So you have to know getting into this right it's sports that will change very quickly it's a wide variety of stuff so if you're going to get into the industry make sure you're broadly applying yourself and don't get stuck in your ways with the games that you're playing managing watching because this is an evolving industry and stuff will get bigger and bigger yeah, uh, and Craig, what are some of the lessons that APUS have learnt uh, throughout this process, and, and how are they going to apply that to the future? Uh, the future is bright. Like uh, you know, with students like Emily in our club, and uh, you know, we're, our president Emily, you can share that. Robert, uh, he's actually one of our students. He's going through the full program uh, himself um, as an older student, and really coming back, and that shows the need. We're, we're providing the opportunity to really train new professionals, some that are already experienced, you know, immersed in the industry, either, either as a player or a coach, or they're doing something with it. But now they're going to be able to take that degree and now say, hey, I am truly immersed in the industry and I can go back and if I wanted to teach or if I wanted to coach, if I wanted to manage and work 
with the team itself? Do I want to take an entrepreneurial approach like some of our students have done that? So I can only see the sky is going to be the limit. I can see us adding on uh, new courses, new curriculum, uh, new tracks to really meet industry need. And that's the, that's the way you do it. You don't just uh, write curriculum to write it uh, based on uh, what you think is going to happen. You let you listen to your students. You listen to industry. You allow it to happen organically, authentically, and then you provide uh, professionals that can truly train other future professionals. And then you keep them together as alumni, and then you have a nice cycle and have a you have a program that will continue to last and sustain itself, rather than uh, just jumping in and thinking that this is just a niche and here today, gone tomorrow. That is not going to happen. Uh, that's not going to happen at APUS, and that's not what the industry is holding. And for any other institution, we're all about best practice. Um, everybody has their own niche and their own area of where they're going to focus on. But at the end of the day, we are still somewhat new um, when it comes to higher education and esports degrees. So we are willing to share that industry best practice to make sure we're getting it right. Uh, we see each other at conferences, and it's all about getting better. But this isn't going away, Tom. And it's going to happen, and eventually it's going to come into your market, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, I'm sure by the time I come back in October for ESI, I would have heard that there's some more courses being written and the possibility of a, of a minor at a minimum. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully you can hear me okay. Um, I guess, like, the, the last thing that I actually want to ask as we wrap up for this is, what and it's for both of you anyway like what are your overall predictions for the north american collegiate scene then in the esports sector so overall predictions for the esports sector going forward um i mean the biggest thing is i just think there's going to be an actual national tournament right i really hope that um, all of like the really big kind of sectors of e-gaming where they're all a little bit uh, divided right now we just pick up one flag and that's the one we run with like that's the one we ask for sponsorships from like blizzard from activision from ea we're like hey you give us some money we're going to have a tournament with your game and we are going to make it so incredibly popular because when you look at other e-gaming markets like again japan china korea it's it's one sponsor right it's that we have one big tournament this is the one uh, and I, I think we're going to see that come out in America very quickly. Uh, I expect like within the next five years. And once that happens, I mean, who knows? Like to me, we're official at that point. It's like we have a national competition. We're going to have a cool sword just like Korea does where you win. Just get like the Lich King sword as a trophy and half a million dollars. And people are going to all sit up and say, not only is that really cool, but I want to learn more about it. So that that's my prediction for the future. And once that happens, everyone's going to want an esports degree. Everyone's going to want to be in the market. Everyone's going to want to be in that competitive sphere. So, I mean, it, it stinks, but like you said, it is a little bit of waiting. The people who get us there, though, are the people who are playing right now. So shout out to all those guys. Yeah, and I'll add that, you know, we just saw ESI over in Singapore. You guys were over there. And the reason why you're over there is because the IOC is truly acknowledging uh, esports as an Olympic event and what it's going. So with that happening and that taking place, we have to see, uh, you know, well, what, what will the future truly hold? And in terms of more land centers will start to open up in our markets in terms of the U.S., we've already seen them all over the world. You're going to see a lot more continue to open up and you're going to see a lot more uh, franchises starting to try to see if they can sustain themselves. We have to watch out 
from a practical standpoint in terms of real estate and what's happening there uh, in different markets. But land centers are going to be needed uh, because more teams are going to want to start. We saw uh, like a team like Furia that have opened up like over 30 new uh, centers throughout you know the world, over the globe. Well, what is the reason that they're doing that? They're putting their brand in different markets to really be able to say they want the growth there. They're going to get it out there in different aspects. Uh, in terms of, I, I love Emily's point. I do agree. Once we are able to get a large competitive tournament uh, continuously hosted on our market, uh, that's going to continue to change things. We know that viewership drives revenue. Uh, we've seen LCS uh, championships you know, exceed that of some of our major league sports. Uh, viewership. So if that continues to go in that trend, uh, watch out, sky is going to be the limit. So uh, I think it's still a safe bet. I won't talk about it from an investment standpoint uh, to give any type of financial advice, but I will say that it's not going anywhere. And that's it for the episode. Thank you, Emily and Craig, for coming on and telling us everything about the collegiate esports ecosystem. I really enjoyed having the conversation and seeing the comparisons with the UK and the US. If you do want to see more content like this, though, don't forget to subscribe to Esports Insider's YouTube channel and also follow us on all the social medias. If you do want to check out more episodes as well, we've spoke to Blast, Twitter, ESG Law, many other AOE creative about branding. It's really interesting, a really big deep dive into the esports business side of the industry. But until then though, I'll see you next time.